Check out the commotion. Cryptocurrency markets in an explosion. People grab any coin without a notion of what they're holding. You gotta be careful in this area because we're suddenly entering mass hysteria. People get a whiff of the fact that there might be profits, but you gotta take them before the <laughs> shit falls back down like the Challenger rocket. And that's what I've got to say about that shit. The paradise paradox. Welcome to it. Today I'm going to interview my buddy Luis Fernando Mises talking about the recent rise in cryptocurrency, what it means for the future of this technology and uh, how people should be careful when they're trading. We also talk about spiritual beliefs about money, how you should view your possessions or some perspectives on how you can view your possessions. So remember to press subscribe, like, share this shit on uh, YouTube or Facebook, wherever, Tumblr, any social media network, minds.com and steam it. And uh, jump on to patreon.com slash paradise paradox. You can contribute monthly there. Just give a dollar, five dollars a month. It'll help us out a lot. And let's get into it. Luis Fernando Mises, spiritual healer, uh, <laughs> corporate speaker, uh, podcaster. How are you, Luis? I'm so thrilled to be here for the third time. I always have so much fun with you. Thank you for <laughs> Yeah, it's good. It's good talking to you. So I've, I wanted to talk to you about Bitcoin, what's been happening with Bitcoin. The price has been going crazy uh, and in the cryptocurrency market, in general, like uh, altcoins are going up like 100% per day. And all. it seems like there's this new money coming in. The, the, the market cap of cryptocurrency in total is going up to uh, $90, 90 uh, billion. Uh, so things are really happening there. So I wanted to uh, get your take on that. And I think we might have a, a few differences in opinion so we can discuss those. So what, what's your opinion about uh, what's happening with Bitcoin? Uh, well, first of all, I think it's awesome that, you know, we have some disagreement. So it's not just kind of like uh, <laughs> an eco chamber where everybody's just patting their own backs. Yeah. Uh, I think that, uh, you know, I just created this like really fast, super fancy chart. And, you know, like Bitcoin was here and then it went up and then it went down a little bit and people were like, oh, Bitcoin's dead, you know, your technology sucks, whatever. And it comes back up yep. here and it crashes like two, three hundred bucks and same thing happens. So, like, I mean, that's going to continue to happen. Here's like, yes, two hundred bucks, one thousand dollars, ten thousand dollars, fifty thousand dollars. And like mm -hmm. how long, you know, how long will people take to realize that this technology is here to stay and it's a disruptive mm -hmm. energy. And, and by that, it's not necessarily a bad thing. You know, it's not just the same boring money uh, exchange. It's, uh, it's something that's going to, that is not going to, that it's already um, 
breaking the monopoly and, and creating wealth for a lot of people, uh, mm -hmm. aside from the stupid monopoly of the state. So this is my fancy chart. <laughs> All right. Yeah, it's true. You know, uh, the, the fact gets thrown around that uh, Bitcoin's being declared dead about 140 times. So, you know, that'll probably happen in, again in a in a couple of months. People will be shouting, you know, putting publishing the obituaries and everything. Yeah, pretty much. And that's kind of funny because I've noticed that the people that say that are the people that have not invested in Bitcoin and are just mm. kind of like sour about not making a thousand dollars already on it. You know, mm. or, uh, let me see my phone because that was like um, my. The cool thing about like these beautiful apps is that they tell you like since last year, Bitcoin has gone up one thousand nine hundred and forty four dollars in one year. Mm. Like that's super crazy. Yeah. So, you know, all these jelly people. Oh, yeah, it's dead. You know, like, I mean, no, it's not. Yeah, uh, I guess sometimes it they're jealous or they're, you know, the, the arguments normally don't hold up to scrutiny. That's that's certainly true. And also, I think it's a bit of maybe ivory tower uh, criticism as well, because people, these intellectuals, academics, uh, they don't have real investment experience. And, and maybe they say, well, the cent you know, the central bank is, is the best system. It's the one true way. Uh, and inflation isn't that bad or something. You know, uh, people don't really care if they're if they're losing four percent of their the value of their money every year or the purchasing power of their money. Uh, people, you know, people have those ideas in uh, in academic institutions. Yeah, it's pretty sad because you know I, I have like every time you go to the grocery store, things are more expensive. You know, mm. uh, and and I remember avocados, for instance. You know, I know that. I live in the States and avocados come from Mexico where you can buy them for like probably 20 cents of the dollar. But here, you know, <laughs> yeah. they, they started at $1. Then they went up to $150, $199. Right now, they're at $249 per avocado. Right, right. right. Yeah, I mean, the pr the price has gone up lately. Like like s someone did tell me that they, the, they saw the price for like 80 pesos a kilo. So like $4 a kilo. Uh, but still that, I mean, that's a, I think it's in this case, it's actually due to some, uh, weather factors or something. So there's something happened in the, in the avocado farms that's caused the price spike. Yeah. Like, you know, drought sometimes, cause those guys take so much water yeah. and they take a specific, but you know, like on, on everything, like every, every time yeah. it's a little bit more. So mm. if you're paying with national currency, you're gonna be buying less and less every time, mm -hmm. but I dump a lot of my cash into Bitcoin, so I just pay with my shift card. And mm -hmm. as things are going up, so is my Bitcoin. So I don't feel it as much. In fact, it's going up higher than the rate of inflation. So I can afford even more things now. <laughs> you know, that's kind of nice to be able to do that. Yes. Yes. That's cool. Uh, I, I never got one of those cards because I, every time I looked, it always seems like the fees were really high, like $5 a month account keeping fee or something like that. What are the fees like with the shift card? With the shift card, they only charge you $10 per year, like for issuing the card. Yeah. And they don't charge you ever again for anything. 
not even well it'd be like a currency a currency conversion fee and that's it no because i mean like what they claim is that there are zero fees as long as it's uh like you know you stay in your i guess uh plantation if you will <laughs> right if you go to another plantation they have international exchange fees uh-huh like when i go to mexico they charge me a little extra when i swap the card for transferring two pesos yeah but other than that is it's just the issuing of the, and their service is so amazing they like they don't have a phone support line they have an email mm. and they're so fast at replying you have no idea and you know i mean they're they're amazing they're amazing yeah it's good to know yeah so it, but you have like a thousand dollar spending limit a day well uh-huh. i don't pay a thousand dollars a day unless like you know we're buying furniture or something you know or, or airfare tickets like some big thing but on your daily life i mean a thousand bucks to spend is more than enough hmm. yeah that's right yeah that's cool <laughs> yeah so, where do uh, you disagree i mean i'm curious on, on the parts of- ah okay <laughs> so the thing is, I mean, you said like cryptocurrency, like this technology is here to say st- to stay. Uh, and I agree on, on that point. But um, I do have my concerns at the moment whether Bitcoin is is going to uh, have the, the lasting power, the staying power. Uh, so the, the thing is, I guess the main thing is uh, with this, the transaction fees and the, the um, speed of the transactions. Sorry. And the size of the blockchain. Yeah, exactly. So the block size debate has been going on for a long time. And it's it's still, it looks like maybe it's going to come to some resolution when they put in uh, BIP 148, I think it is. Uh, but that's probably going to cause a hard fork. So there's probably going to be like Bitcoin Core and Bitcoin 148 or whatever. And from a customer's perspective... That really doesn't look very good because it's like, oh, hey, uh, my friend told me to buy some Bitcoin. So I bought some Bitcoin and and then they're like, which one did you buy? Did you buy classic or, you know, 148 or whatever? Uh, (laughs) And it's going to cause a a lot of confusion. Uh, So the the point is Bitcoin isn't set up in a way that easily resolves disputes at the moment. And I don't see that changing in a hurry. So I think that's a, a real key problem with the system. Yeah, no, and I, I don't necessarily disagree with you. Uh, uh-huh. I, I think that that's very accurate and it's a true statement. Now, the way I see it is like, for instance, mm-hmm. if they were to stay, you know, with like high fees or, you know, higher than the others, because it's even cheaper than wiring money through national banks and faster. Yeah. Easier. <laughs> uh, yeah. It would be more like uh, saying, you know, gold. So Bitcoin mm. will be like the gold of cryptocurrencies. It's something that not everybody has, that not everybody trades with. But like, you know, it, it's kind of like a, a higher, fancier trading unit. Mm-hmm. And then you would see others kind of like in the way of silver. And then you see others kind of like in the way of copper and others just like real fiat currency like so there's going to be this stratification of cryptos yeah yeah so that's kind of like the way that i see that it could end up what do you think about that yeah i'm i'm not sure uh when 
uh, I've heard that argument before, and I think I think there's a case to be made there. Um, but my my thing would be. So you have you have Bitcoin here, and the the, the transaction fees keep going up, and the the um, the transaction times keep keep going up as well, and then uh, you you have an, another cryptocurrency which may uh, which is you know faster. The transaction fees are lower. Well, uh, you could go with Bitcoin, but does Bitcoin necessarily offer something so good? That it's going to mean that people don't want to use this this other one for the large transactions, uh, or I'm not sure if I explain that very well. No, but, you're- <laughs> okay, all right. So, <laughs> so my point is that uh, Bitcoin would have to have this value proposition over the these other c- cryptocurrencies that uh, may be superior in uh, in in certain way. Yeah, like you said, faster and cheaper. I absolutely agree. And mm. and and again, you know, dealing with gold, you don't deal with gold with people that you don't necessarily trust or have a trusting relationship with. Like if you and I are trading, if it takes a whole day and a half for Bitcoin to show up in your account, if I send it to you, you know that I'm legit and that it's going to mm-hmm. show up even if it takes a day or two. Yeah, so that's true. That's yeah. that, that's kind of a, a way that I also see it like you will deal with like, I mean, you're, it's not something that you're just going to do like in the old times with anybody because it was like so fast and so cheap for those things. You know, I mean, I think it's more volatile, not as established coins can be used Mm. for those purposes. Another thing that I see is that like, I can pay for my gas and my groceries and clothing with Bitcoin. Whereas I cannot do it with, other cryptos at the moment. You yeah, know, you, you yeah. have to exchange that to whatever, like Bitcoin or dollars or, or others, to be able to use that. Now that's that's a downturn for me. Like, I want to be able to just like even dude like when I go to Whole Foods to buy groceries, I just swipe my Apple Pay and I pay with Bitcoin because my shift card is on my phone. You pay, you pay with Apple Pay and it pays with Bitcoin. So. Like, I mean, you can't do that with any other card at the moment, you know? So I don't Mm. even need my wallet. I don't need anything else but to show up and just swipe my phone next to the little digit thing and I'm done. So presumably when you make this transaction in Whole Foods, they don't charge you like a $4 transaction fee. Negative. No, because it's like, it's something internal within the shift company, I suppose. So it's not like you actually have a... A Bitcoin wallet that you're spending out of or something else? So my shift card, it's a Visa card. Yeah. And anywhere in the world that takes Visa will take my Bitcoin. So Mm -hmm. I put that card in here and they don't charge me any fees. I just, you know, and like you cannot do that with Ethereum or Monero or with Litecoin. So that's a huge advantage for me. Like, you know, I can get paid from you know, the Kratom or from Dollar Vigilante or from other places where I have gigs in Bitcoin and I can use that immediately. Hmm. You know, that's easy. That's something that like, cause whenever you transfer and do the exchange from one to the other, you pay fees. Mm-hmm. I mean, if, if, you know, like I don't pay fees on doing any of these transactions when I go to pay gas or anything like that, you know, I mean, what is it like one or two cents when like you, but, I mean, aside from that, it's really, negligible yep yep 
Yeah, well, I think that's a really good point. It's a, so the, the the reason you're saying that Bitcoin is so great right now is because it has that user experience because the, there's more infrastructure there to support it. So uh, I'm I'm a big advocate for for Dash. I still have you know I, I'm still open to to other possibilities, but I, I personally I think that Dash is the the uh, digital currency that's going to gain mass adoption first. And it's because of the, the user experience. Um, so the Bitcoin development team isn't working on user experience, but I guess you have these these other companies like Shift, which can help provide that. Whereas with, with Dash, the development team is actively working on user experience. So they're, they're trying to create a system where it's as easy as like using PayPal or, or Venmo or like Apple Pay where you can just um, use your phone to pay t- for transactions um, in, in a similar way. So I guess that's, a, that's what they're aiming for ultimately is something that you can use as, as simply as swiping a credit card. Yeah, I like that. And if it happens, that would be pretty amazing. Another mm-hmm. thing that I see that, you know, like there's a lot of like Subway restaurants that take Bitcoin. Overstock.com takes Bitcoin. Like I paid mm-hmm. for like all of these desks and you know, futons and, and whatever um, with uh, <laughs> Bitcoin and um, Microsoft takes Bitcoin. I mean, there's a bunch of places that are taking Bitcoin nowadays. So it, it just like you don't see that with other cryptocurrencies. Hmm. Right. Another thing that's always funny to me is that all the cryptocurrencies are valued in Bitcoin. You know, yeah. so, <laughs> you know, like Bitcoin is like the mag daddy of all of these guys. Yeah. So until like, you know, and here's one thing I'm what I'm currently looking at non Bitcoin related is uh, to mining Litecoin. A lot of people tell me there's more money in Monero. There's more money in Ethereum, whatever. But there's I'm, I'm, what I'm trying to do is like, you know, the, the contrarian investor, because Litecoin is not as loved and appreciated. It's easier mm. to get into. It's cheaper to get into. And I was looking at one machine that after all the fees, everything said and done is like $1,500. Mm-hmm. Right? The mining thing. And it pays about $50 a day to mine. Wow. So can you imagine like just getting an extra 50 bucks a day? I mean, obviously you'll probably have to, you know, discount your electricity and and you know the little cooling unit <laughs> that you may have so if you end up making thirty dollars a day just you know yeah do you know do you know how much uh <laughs> my my electricity bill here uh for a bi-monthly bill is or not by month like every, every two months i pay about five dollars for an electricity bill <laughs> So, yeah, I think I could probably afford the electricity for a Litecoin miner. <laughs> yeah, and you know, so if you buy two or three, or you know, like gosh, that could like you can just kind of do this. Beep, beep, beep. <laughs> yeah, there's retirement, <laughs> <laughs> especially like in Mexico, where like you know it's a little bit cheaper to live there than it is here. Yeah. So I think that's kind of exciting. Now, I mean, I would. I think it's important, and this is for everybody that is watching, to have as many sources of income as possible because mm-hmm. always at some point one is going to go away 
So if you put all mm. your eggs in a basket, you're going to be screwed. So like, you know, I'm trying to come up with as many as I can, and this is just another one. So imagine mm -hmm. like, you know, having a couple of those machines, an extra hundred dollars a day, just as a, I don't know, will be a fit source of income that will be like super splendid to be able to just kind of roll with that. So it's just another idea because again, the contrarian investor, like everybody's telling me not to. So I mean, that's a good idea to do. <laughs> yeah. Or at least it could be, you know, people might, <laughs> people might tell you that uh, burning ants and selling them on the, uh, on the side of the road isn't a good idea, but it, <laughs> within reason, that, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you still have to analyze it, but yes, yeah. <laughs> I think that could be kind of a kind of cool and exciting. So, and maybe you know we can get rid of like national coins, like quarters that are so heavy, and like this is ten dollar roll, like it's so heavy to just carry around, you know. Like mm -hmm. it's just a reminder of how heavy national currency is. Mm. Yeah, and without any metal content, so you kind of had the worst of both worlds, a precious metal content, I mean. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Heavy and valueless in the, sh in the long term, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and you know, like, I saw the movie John Wick, and they all trade with, like, gold rounds, right? Have you seen... Go gold what? No, round? I haven't seen it. Oh, okay like ounces of gold, everybody trades with that, like all their economy and in the underworld, because they cannot use dollars, right? Mm -hmm. They use gold rounds. And like, I was like, gosh, that's like so amazing because they go from one country to the other and they need to buy like all these things and, and like everybody takes gold. I was like, gosh, like, I mean, this would get me out of a bind. Like this could buy like airfare tickets or like bus tickets to get out or a gun and, and you know, food for a while and like, versus this is much heavier and this will probably get me like a sandwich and a coffee <laughs> yeah yeah that's right yeah well it, ne it never hurts to have a little bit of precious metals around uh just just in case of uh you know some extreme economic ca catastrophe <laughs> yeah that, that's always cool so yeah, that's the uh, Litecoin miner, what I'm trying to try. Like, we're researching that with a friend and I, and we're going to try to see if we can pull it together and just make a little extra. Because, you know, I really don't know what it would take on this specific miner, you know, like how much attention it would require from me. Like, if it's worth, you know, like if I need to be there, like, for three hours a day, then it's not worth it. Yeah. But if it's yeah. something that I just need to check, you know, 15 minutes in the morning, 15 minutes at night. I can do that. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, well, I guess in in years past, I remember my friends who were mining telling me about it and they had to, you know, they had to come, come home and check it, make sure it wasn't overheating and that sort of thing. But I guess the technology has probably improved since then. Yeah, yeah. And I was thinking of putting like some sort of window unit right next to it. So it's always cool. Mm hmm. I don't know. We'll see. Because, like, I saw some individuals taking, like, huge, massive uh, Bitcoin miner companies to, like, Iceland or some Nordic country and leaving yep. the windows open, you know, so, like, they don't spend any money on electricity for cooling. You know, they're using... Yep. I mean, that's genius. I couldn't do that here in Texas. <laughs> no. No, I don't think it'd work here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> cool. 
Yeah. So uh, Jeff Berg made a comment the other day saying how uh, there's probably like 10,000 more uh, anarchist millionaires in the world because of this recent rise in, in the Bitcoin price. Uh, so that's pretty cool to think about. Uh, it makes you wonder what the the knock-on effects of that are going to be because you have, say, for example, someone like Roger Ver, uh, he, you know, he got rich and he started promoting Bitcoin and promoting these ideas of voluntarism and, and peace. And I, I think at least in a, in a subtle way, that's that gets these ideas more in the public consciousness. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, and I love that. And I see that that could be multiplied many fold, you know, and, and especially because you don't have to worry about, you know, making a lot of money to survive like he said and he can afford to like invest money and hire people. And like you recently hired my friend Sterling Luhan uh, and, you know, he's a he's a good proponent of uh, the ideas of volunteerism. And mm -hmm. so, like, you know, just kind of maximizing the exposure of this. So, I, I'm, I love that. The, yeah. It, what's kind of, you know, in, in the free society, you're going to have, there is no guarantee that you're not going to have any people doing less than ethical things, you know. So, mm. I, I was also reading that uh, a lot of, uh, I guess human trafficking and, and, and non-voluntary interactions were being paid with Bitcoin. So these guys are also getting a hold of that. So it's just, mm -hmm. you know, just a reminder that all of this is going to happen with or without the state, but it's more of a guarantee that it will happen with the state. Because uh, if mm -hmm. we don't have, you know, uh, an agency that promotes and, and favors some versus other people then you know but like i mean yeah i am in total agreement of how it could be advantageous for the exposure of the voluntarist idea mm -hmm. yeah well about the the bad actors thing there's been a lot of reports lately especially ones from the united states where uh, crackers do this thing where they they call up verizon and pretend to be you and tell them, oh, please just change my phone number or change change the, I'm not sure what it is, change the phone number to another device or something like that. Give me a new SIM card or it's it's something like that. And then they have control of your phone number so they can go into your Coinbase account and they can take your funds uh, because they use that uh, two-factor authentication by SMS. Uh, so people need to be aware of that, that there, there are a lot of risks with bitcoins and you know people can maybe invest in a, like a what's that device a trezor something like that a hardware wallet to control their bitcoins yeah yeah so i recently changed that notificator thing too so because i saw it i'm like i'm mm. through that so yeah i'm not gonna you know risk getting that but I mean, it's just money. But regardless, you know, like you don't want to lose that. Yeah. It's kind of fun to have it. Yeah, yeah. You really need to treat it very carefully. I mean, I've I've uh, made some mistakes that have that have cost me a bit of money as well, uh, and it's uh, well, it's not a good feeling. And you have to treat your 
bitcoins like cash like don't put it in the hands of of someone if you're if you're not entirely sure that they're trustworthy uh it's a big uh it's a big thing <laughs> yeah one morning yeah. um you know i always wake up and look at the finances and i saw that my balance was zero and like my first reaction i just started laughing i was like <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what else do you do, you know? Like, if it really hit the fan, it, it was fun while it lasted, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's right. Well, that that wasn't my reaction when I lost my, my money. I had, I had to, to go through a bit, uh, <laughs> a bit of thinking to get, get to that stage. But it was like, eventually I said, well, okay, I lost this money, but I can feel bad about it, which isn't going to help me at all, or I can you know, just get on with it. So, <laughs> yeah, you know, Doug Casey, um, he's a, a little bit of a mentor to me has for a while. He, uh, always talks about like, I mean, even though he has like all the money in the world, like he always speaks about the only thing that you really can own is yourself. Mm. Like you don't own anything else. It's just, they're kind of like you're a fiduciary or a steward. You're taking care of things while you're on this earth. So, I mean, he's working on, you know, higher level of, coherence yeah so I, I really enjoy that and you know one of the movies that he recommended was uh something about sierra madre uh so like you know they're um mining for gold how fitting and um they do all the work all the sweat and, and you know they have the gold and they're gonna go sell it so they can buy whatever's that they need and suddenly they get robbed and pillaged and uh, there's three guys and one of them just starts laughing so hard because he understands the cosmic humor of all of this. <laughs> so, you know, I was able to relate to that guy. I was like, this is just hilarious. I mean, like the, the, the universe has uh, the sour sense of humor at times and you just have to laugh it off because there's nothing you can do about it. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I didn't, I had like, it wasn't just one event. I had it this series of events where, I, where I, I ended up losing things and my phone got stolen and all this stuff. Uh, and um, one night I remember this this a kind of a, a, a you know a weird thing. I was going to sleep and it was like there was this this presence in my room, or it's like a you know depending on your perspective, it's like a like having. Um, what do you call it? A hypno hypnopompic experience where you're you're almost going to sleep and you start seeing things. Um, so some people will interpret it that way. But anyway, I started having this conversation with these these spirits, and and they they kind of said to me like, "Well, look, we had to. Um, you you think it's bad right now that we that these things were taken from you that like we manipulated things to be taken from you, uh, but this is actually an important lesson for you, like." You don't you you shouldn't value things so much, uh, or you should treat things uh, as tools. Like I guess for for a while, like I felt like I was hoarding money. Like I, I put put money in my in my Bitcoin account or whatever in saving cryptocurrency, and don't do anything about it. Uh, don't do anything with it. Uh, don't spend it in order to to make more money don't don't invest it in my business like in in the podcast and everything uh and it's like it's just it's just sitting there and they're like well you know you can 
you can do things you can you can make your quality of life better and 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 uh make things better for for people around you as well so why not you know stop stop hoarding and and start letting things flow yeah that's you know one guy uh, said to me that money is like water it mm. has to run if it stays stuck it gets dirty mm. and i was like holy smokes you know because a lot of people that kind of like you know ah, their, their mentality starts to change so like you know always kind of being uh like a little discordian dancer you know like i mean it's funny move it it's there for you to enjoy it it's there for you to save and to help and whatever whatever you you know hire stuff uh, to keep if you want but the moment that you start like solidifying and then like you know just kind of like my borders <laughs> you know <laughs> right <laughs> that's when it starts going downhill so and, and like you said something pretty important like you treat it as if you know like no 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 i mean being more lighthearted about it like i mean like i was saying i mean it's just money yeah yeah that's right and i like what you what you said about doug casey as well that's a that's another sort of uh perspective that i gained as well i thought well um sometimes I, I like to do this mental exercise like as i'm going to sleep i think well i don't i don't own anything and any anything that uh that, that I have, it's just like I'm like I'm controlling it, like you said, like a fiduciary. Uh, and so, if I wake up tomorrow and everything that I have is gone, absolutely everything, um, and at least I'm, you know, still alive, um, that will still be something to be grateful for. Um, and and if I wake up and all my things are still here, well, you know, so much more. <laughs> absolutely, totally. I mean, that's kind of how. However, and it seems easy just uh, to sometimes feel frustrated when things go wrong because, you know, it's all your hard work, it's all your efforts and all of that. But, I mm. mean, I guess the practice of uh, meditation and, and, and all of that has helped me see that everything is temporary and nothing will last. And, and while you have it, it's there and enjoy. And one day it will go away just like us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we're here now, so... Let's uh, let's have a good time. <laughs> That's right. Uh, with the with the Bitcoin price going up so much recently, I do see uh, on social media. Uh, it seems like there's this bit of, uh, uh, to use a, a funny phrase, uh, irrational exuberance. So I think it it seems like sometimes people are too excited, or they think. Uh, they seem seem to be saying sometimes that the Bitcoin price will never go down, and I'm a bit skeptical about that. I mean, you know, in the long term it might keep going up, but um, but they seem to be saying that that uh, fun phrase like it's a new paradigm, like the the dollar is crashing or something like this, and uh, they they uh, it it makes me remember what I thought. In 2013, when the Bitcoin price was going right up towards $1,200, uh, and I was buying at like, I, I think I bought a Bitcoin at $900, and of course, eventually it came back down to, to $300, and I was like, oh, whoops, I, <laughs> I guess it wasn't a new paradigm. I guess, I guess uh, you know, the Bitcoin price wasn't just going to keep going up forever. Uh, so what, do you, what are your thoughts on that? I think that... There will be dips that are two, three, four, five hundred dollars. Yeah. 
but I just don't see it going down as much because it's getting mainstream attention. You're seeing stuff on CNBC, MSNBC, Yahoo News, HuffPo, and there's a lot of old money purchasing Bitcoin now. Yes. Yeah. One of the uh, reasons why it keeps going up because there's a lot of trust and there's a lot of uh, curiosity about it. So a lot of people are saying, oh, maybe this isn't just a... Uh, an anarchist uh, wishy-washy uh, coins to buy video games, you know, or drugs. Like this mm -hmm. is something that can stand the test of time. And, and like I was seeing that even the state is going to try to do some federal coin of sorts, you know, and, and he <laughs> was saying that that could be the worst thing ever because like if everything will be tracked, but, yeah. you know, like I'd, it will go down, up and down, up and down. But ultimately, I mean, I have the chart here to prove it. <laughs> that's proof. Yeah. So put it in the bank. Yeah. Well, that's uh, that's right. Yeah. I mean, there's, you know, there's ups and downs. And, um, and it seems like, of course, re recently, a lot of new people have been getting into it. And they, they're, um, it looks like they're looking to buy at these levels. And uh I have to be. I have to tell them to be cautious, uh, because when you buy buy something that's making an all time high, that's a risky territory to be in. People can make money that way, um, but you are playing with fire a little bit. And I've been burned like that. Like I bought I bought gold at eighteen hundred dollars, and that was not the, the good time to buy. Um, but on the other hand, I've also been, um, I, I have missed a, an opportunity because I saw Dash go up from $17 to $23. And I thought, oh, well, it's it's so hot right now. Uh, that's not a good time to buy. And then it went right up to 100 <laughs> uh, So it's a, it's, a, it's a difficult situation. But you have to, yeah, you have to. Um, at least be aware of the risk, be aware that you can, you know, put money in and maybe it'll crash. Yeah. One, you know, one of the risks that I see on all of these uh, mainstream investors is that uh, they may just the way they came in, they're going to leave at some point because they may not be as excited that it keeps going up. Like if there's a dip, they may feel afraid and just sell and then it will go farther down. Yep. So, I mean, that could happen, but like what I would suggest is, you know, for people to buy $10 a week, you know, mm. or if they cannot afford $10 a week, doing $5 a week, something that, yeah. you know, it's, it's like you would spend somewhere else on some rubbish, like, you know, like my little eyeballs here that move, like. Like what? <laughs> I, can't, I can't see what that is. I can't see the screen clearly. Okay. A googly eyeball. Or something. Yeah, googly eyeball. You know, like <laughs> okay. stuff and, and just leave it. Leave it in, <laughs> and, and you know it goes up and down. That's fine. You know, yeah. it it will. I guess at some point, like the way I see it, some of the gold, for instance, that we buy, is stuff that I'm looking at my old age. You know, uh, investment mm. against uh, tanking dollar, uh, mm. and the silver is something that I will leave for my kids. You know, um, maybe if they want to go to college, if they want to start a business. So it's something that it's not. I don't even see it mine for right now if they mm. want to see it you know for for that intention maybe um they they it's just their savings account if they need a car in the future or whatever mm. 
you know, they don't have to just say, oh my gosh, it's uh, $2,500, I have to buy a whole Bitcoin. No, I mean, it's hard for a lot of people to even write a $500 check these days. So, you know, m more difficult to buy a whole Bitcoin. So just buy five, yeah. just buy 10. Even if you just buy a m every month, 10, 20 bucks, that's, that's all you can do. That's fine. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. And that's what, that's what I did for, uh, for a long time after that, uh, after that crash and after 2013, I was like, okay, I'm, I'm not, I'm just going to buy a little bit at a time rather than throw all my money at a, you know, at a, <laughs> at a rising market. Um, better to, uh, better to do it calmly and, and especially better to obviously better to do it when the market is down rather than when everybody's flooding in. Uh, <laughs> the an investor. Yes. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I get it. Uh, I hear that. The, I don't know where the hype is coming from exactly. Sometimes, but even a couple of months ago, um, my my friend Alex in in the neighborhood he has a um, a gelato shop, and he started asking me about Bitcoin. And my friends in Mexico City have a cafe, and they st they started asking me. So it's like these uh, these weird little little pockets of, of press or something that's getting out there. Um, now, of course, it's, you know, on the front pages again, but it's like there's, there was, uh, there was movement below the surface and it's been there for a while, apparently. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, Jeffrey Tucker said it best, you know, when Bitcoin's on the rise, he gets invited to speak about Bitcoin in half of the world. And when it goes down, everybody's quiet about it. <laughs> uh, but, you know, I think being the evangelist of Bitcoin, it's something that you do every day because it's just a, a more ethical uh, coin, uh, money, way of trading. Yeah. And it's just like everything that, you know, you could think of. Like, you know, back in the day, like literally like a hundred years ago or so people when they traveled and they needed to take like a bag of money you know and then i remember like in the early 90s credit cards was the thing to, to have you know and like mm -hmm. you know my dad had like i don't know 10 credit cards back in the day and that was like a sign of like affluence and like <laughs> now now you don't even need like my dad's wallet was like that thick and these days all you need is just your phone like you can yeah. travel anywhere and just pay with it and talk with people. And I mean, that aside from being a, um, a more ethical kind of money, it's so easy to transport. Hmm. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So it's, it's definitely superior on that front. Yeah. Uh, that's interesting. I remember us having this, this Facebook conversation with someone and they were like bringing up the these uh classical qualities of money like portability store of value uh fungibility this sort of thing uh, and i said well uh some i said something about ease of use and they're like ease of use isn't one of the the, the qualities of money uh, and i was like yeah that's because two thousand years ago ease of use didn't exist as a concept you know it's it, <laughs> obviously you if you have some if you're carrying something then uh it's it's pretty easy just to give it to someone but when it uh when it comes to uh money these days when we're transferring it over the the internet um uh, transferring a, a bitcoin isn't always that easy like I, you know i've made mistakes putting a look too low transaction fee 
and then it takes a few days to get through or something like that. Uh, so, yeah, ease, ease of use is this, uh, it's a, like new quality of money. I agree, and I like that. I think that's awesome. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, another thing I wanted to mention is I think uh, a lot of people are probably jumping into altcoin trading because the the market's going crazy. Like I, I went through the, the the front page of uh, Coin Market Cap yesterday, and I saw like how many of of the coins on these fir- first hundred coins has a twenty four hour gain of more than one percent, and it was seventy six of them. Seventy six of them had <laughs> had uh, this quite a significant gain. And I know a lot of people are probably making a lot of money out there doing that because you buy a coin and you wait and it goes parabolic like up 100, 200% in a couple of days. And then uh, I think the risk is a lot of people will start to think, ah, I'm a brilliant, I'm a training genius. I can't go wrong. I always pick the winners. Uh, and no, it's not really like that. Like you're in a you're in a bull market, and this is what it looks like. So you have to be careful because when that bull market ends, you're not going to be a genius anymore. Yeah, and you know, like, I mean, you, you hit it right on the head. It's important to in times of bonanza, you know, mm. you're a genius, everything's easy and whatever. Mm. Uh, it really takes like to be a day trader. It takes a lot of uh, good eye and seeing the patterns because it's so new, you know, and, and all they know is this. When it does this, then it's like the real fun, you know, like, or at least for me, I guess the contrarian invest like, when can you see the opportunities in that downtrend market? Hmm. When people are just saying, screw this, I'm getting out. You know, um, when I was a teenager, I heard that uh, Warren Buffett said something along the lines of when other people are greedy, I am Mm. weary. When other Mm. people are weary, I am greedy. And I was like, gosh, that is like just so genius, you know, because like, I mean, just the implications of that. Mm -hmm. Everybody gets freaking out whenever it's going down and they're selling for cheaper. And then you're like, I've been saving my money all along for this. And then you buy (laughs) and then you win. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, (laughs) the other way of saying it, which isn't quite as, uh, uh, it's not quite as poetic when they say buy when there's blood on the streets. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, when was we'll probably see uh, people freaking out about about altcoins crashing in in a couple of months or three, three four months or something. And uh that could represent an opportunity for a lot of people. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. That's when we come in and buy. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Uh yeah, the the other thing I wanted to talk to you about is that uh I this this kind of unsettling trend that I see on social media, like there's a lot of figures in in the liberty community, and you know they're just humans, which I th- I think a lot of people forget. And if you haven't been to events like like in Acapulco and you haven't shaken hands with with people, um, 
you only see this version of them that's that's on YouTube and you don't realize that they have, you know, d- desires and flaws and uh, anxieties or whatever. And uh, what I see is a, a lot of people kind of stick their nose in other people's business and they say, oh, well, this person, you know, is in, in a relationship and that person was um, broke up with that and, and, and this and that. And it's, it's, it's a disturbing trend because people don't really know anything about other people's business. And I kind of think that they, they should just keep their mouth shut. <laughs> yeah, I agree. And, uh, you know, like, I mean, namely the Larkin situation, I, I think it's, mm. um, I don't know the full extent of it. I have talked to Amanda when I went to Phoenix and she told me her version and, Mm. you know, I'm not going to share obviously, but my point that I'm trying to make is people are too easy to judge Mm. when they don't know how things go down. Yeah. So, I mean, nobody knows really how, like the way I see it, like if she was fully happy and fulfilled, she wouldn't consider doing like, you know, uh, that. So, and I think that people that are just so easy on judging and, and all that, they are probably not very happy with their own lives because they have the time and the energy to try to uh, knit pick and pinpoint other people's so-called faults when mm. so it, when you're happy when you're satisfied when you're fully living your purpose mm. you don't have time to be judging why x left y and when with z you're like you know uh, a lot of people call them like uh a homebreaker and, and whatever, but in my mind, like, you know, he's doing the Lord's work. He didn't really yeah. hurt anybody. He's a huge proponent of the philosophy and the lady is with him voluntarily. So that, I mean, she's not keeping, she's not being kept, you know, like against her will. So, you know, um, mm. and, and, with the situation with other people too, like judging and like we all can have an opinion, mm. you know, depending on your perspective on, on how much you know, but how much do we really know and how much do you even want to really know? Yeah, I don't, I don't, I mean, it's not, yeah, it's kind of none of my business. I mean, I've, I've met Larkin, I've shaken his hand, but I don't know, I don't, I don't know what goes on in his personal life. I don't. How does yeah. it affect you? Exactly. Your daily yeah. life? Like, <laughs> yeah, does that affect doesn't. how you cook your eggs in the morning? <laughs> yeah. Or, you know, people, someone made this case to me on Facebook the other day saying, well, Larkin Rose is, is supposed to be this, this figure, you know, he's, he's a, a philosopher, if you will, or a, uh, someone who uh, makes these arguments about morality and how can he do that if he's going off and doing whatever. And and I say, well, it doesn't really matter to me. I mean, if the arguments are right, they're right. So it it doesn't matter what he does in his personal life. I mean, Ar- Aristotle, I, I think it was Aristotle or Socrates, made this argument that uh, 
women must have less teeth than men. I think I think it was based on some something about the superiority or like men's mental superiority or something. That doesn't invalidate his work. That doesn't invalidate any of his other arguments just because he has some uh, some silly prejudice. You know, I mean, just look at Larkin, for instance. Yeah. He looked so much thinner and fitter and stronger now than he did three years ago. Hmm. So something's going right for him. <laughs> yeah, I'd say so. <laughs> like, he feels, gosh, I mean, I don't want to really get into details, but like, yeah, he feels more alive. He feels happier. And he's, you know, whether that the dissolution of other agreements happened, it happened, you know, I mean, now he's, he's looking much stronger. And, and that's what I see. Like, you know, I'm, a, I'm a man of results. Hmm. I don't care what yeah. people talk about. I don't care what, like, cause you know, um, like a lot of people do this. But they don't like the actions don't match what mm. they're saying. So I'm seeing how they are growing one another, how they look better and how like, I mean, I went kayaking with her and we were talking and all of that. And like, they feel much fulfilled and, and better and happier. And, and even though they like, she's like her financial situation is not as good as it was. She's happier. So to me, that's a big win. Hmm. And it's yeah. nobody's business what, you know, like what they do or what they say. I mean, like I said, you know, it does not affect how my coffee tastes this morning. <laughs> it doesn't affect, you know, that, you know, what shirt I'm going to wear. Like, I mean, it's nobody's business and, and it doesn't affect his, um, like, it's no like freaking Clinton, you know, trying to illegally seduce interns. Right. And then denying it, you know, I mm. mean, or, or like the um, South Africa former leader that was in jail. What's his name? I can't remember. Nelson, Nelson Mandela. Mandela. Like his wife used to put tires in people. Yeah. And then throw gasoline and light it up. I mean, they're not doing that kind of crazy stuff. Right. I mean, I mean, that's what Nelson Mandela's wife used to do. So, yeah, yeah. And for, yeah, for, what did they call it? Necklacing or something? Some some innocuous name? Yeah, uh, yeah. And people, you know, people talk and people judge uh, Mandela favorably, but they kind of overlook those things. It's like, well, you know, you don't really know much much about anything. People just look at the surface and judge. And um, who are we to judge? <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. I mean, I could judge him for other things that, like, you know, but not not for that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, gosh, dude, send your books on time when you buy, like, when people buy your books, you know? I mean, that's, like, something that really affects <laughs> your money flow. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Other than that, you know, like something that really doesn't affect me or anybody like really. Yes. And I, well, and it's not just, it's not just with, the, with, uh, with Larkin Rose and, and Amanda Rashford. So I see, 
other people were still talking about like things that that happened like a year ago uh, with with other people and it's I, it really bothers me because yeah I, it's just the, like the 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 limits of your your knowledge you can't know what happened between two people and you will never know the full details so why even bother to talk about it why even bother to to share your opinion and maybe i don't know why it bothers me so much maybe it's because i expect that i'll I'll be the target of this kind of criticism in the future i don't know um but yeah it's definitely not productive that that kind of uh that kind of gossip yeah it's not productive it it, um it just keeps people busy, people that don't really have anything better going on with their lives, that they preoccupy themselves with information and people that live, you know, 2,000 miles away from them and they have only seen in the internet and not really interact with them in real life. I'm like, oh my God, really? Like, you worry about those things? <laughs> you don't even know these people? It's like, you know, kind of like I get a little bit annoyed with my mom when she's watching her telenovelas and she's like getting pissed at the bad guy because my mom is just a tv show why, why do you have to like it's so emotionally invested in, you know right i guess that's what it is it's the liberty movement telenovela and and people want to feel like they're somehow involved in that feel like this is this the soap opera that's that's happening and and somehow they can have some emotional stake in it and yeah, I mean, there's there's better things to do with your life, guys. So <laughs> have you know, go out and have your own fun instead of watching the this soap opera play out. Seriously, I mean, go hiking. There's like bike riding that we can do. I mean, it's raining nicely. Yeah. You know, like going on a walk in the rain or smelling the beautiful earth that has been just sprayed with water from the heavens. You know, I mean, like get a business going, do exercise. Focus on yourself. Yeah. <laughs> Be the better version of yourself. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, good note to finish on. Uh, did you have anything else to, you wanted to say? Uh, well, I'm just kind of um, happy, uh, actually very happy that um, we talked. This was fun, and I always appreciate the invitation here. And if anybody wants to contact me, uh, Luis Fernando Misses on Facebook. Also, Emancipated Human on Facebook or EmancipatedHuman.com. We actually uh, started redoing the website to make it more, um, I don't know, to look nicer, to its easier access, and and we're throwing out new stuff weekly. Yep. So I I noticed you started another podcast. Yeah. Yeah, it seems like a lot of people are telling me that YouTube it's not as easy for them to do a podcast. Oh, okay. Uh, I was like, okay, so I'm going to move from YouTube to just recording a podcast about something relevant. And I don't have to necessarily do interviews. I guess, you know, at first, um, since I've been doing this for a few years, at first people didn't really know me or what I had Mm. to say. So I was very fortuitous that a lot of these fancy people have said yes to interviews with me so I could get some beautiful, um, I guess, um, spotlight 
Uh, and then people felt that I was actually legit and not just some crazy geeky kid, <laughs> you know, trying to scam people. Um, right. So, you know, like the very first person that I will always be grateful to is uh, my mentor, uh, Jeffrey Tucker. Uh, and obviously uh, another mentor, Jeff Berwick, like those two guys from the very beginning saw me and, and agreed to help me out and, and um, super grateful for them too. And, you know, a lot of the success has been because they helped me um, be seen and in my ideas. I mean, they saw, you know, that I was legit and, and they helped me expand my uh, visibility. So, uh, and now uh, after gaining some of that, I was able to just, you know, move towards um, the podcast a little easier. Um, and then people like, you know, so, oh, it's Luis, okay, so I know him. Legit, all right. Let's hear what he has to say. So, and obviously, you know, wonderful people like you that have always been so friendly <laughs> throughout the years. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, it's a it's a real pleasure uh, to 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 know you. Like, I guess I I knew your your work, like your your YouTube channel before I, I even talked to you, and then. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not even sure how we became friends exactly, but <laughs> but uh, it's yeah, it's a it's a it's a real pleasure uh, having the the opportunity to have these conversations with you and and be your friend. Absolutely, thank you so much, sir. <laughs> cool. So check out the uh, let's see, emancipatedhuman.com. Yeah, that's the one, right? That's yep. the one. Cool. Great. All right. Thanks so much, Luis, and I'll talk to you soon. Have a good one. Thanks so much for listening. Jump onto theparadoxparadox.com slash 167. You can check out the show notes of this episode. There's a lot of cool stuff on there as well. You can check out previous episodes, episodes like uh, the interview with Andreas Antonopoulos, uh, interview with uh, Amanda B. Johnson talking about Dash. A lot of interesting stuff on there. Remember, like, share, subscribe. Put it on the back of your bathroom door so you can remember to check out the episode later. Uh, print it out and staple it to your forehead like a maniac. Like, share, subscribe, like, share, subscribe, all that stuff. Uh, whatever. I'll see you next time. <laughs>